Barbasol. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Beaver Sports Network. And a good evening to you on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. TJ Matthewson with you. Garrett Dorschek in here as well, helping out on the phone lines. Happy to have you all with us. The Beavs put up 68 up at Providence Park. It's the Beavers 68 and the Montana State Bobcats 28. The Beavs improved to 3-0 for the first time since 2014 and will host USC undefeated next week. The Trojans uh, up 21-3 last time I checked against the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, it is now 21-10 USC. Uh, that one right before halftime USC. It looks like they're just kneeling it out. So USC handling business so far down at the Coliseum. And after watching the Beavs tonight, I'm just saying, I think game day should be here next week. Uh, you know, a little biased. I think the energy around here will, it'll help our program. It'll be, it'll be a lot better for, for our content here on Joe radio. It'll be a lot better for activity on campus. Students coming back to campus uh, for the first PAC 12 home game next week. But I think Next week, game day should be here. I know uh, Florida and Tennessee, uh, a ranked matchup. I believe that one is uh, in Knoxville next week. That might be some competition. There might be another game uh, that could interfere as well. Uh, if you want to you know, kind of break it down for me, I haven't broken it down yet. I was peeking at it. I was at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill earlier watching the game and looking at the options. So next week, I did see uh, Florida, Tennessee. I might just pull it up here on my phone really quick and take a look at the top 25 for week four. But I think the Beavers and the Trojans have a really good chance of hosting game day next week. I can see Tyler is on the line. We'll get to Tyler here in a second. Andy's also texted in already as well. Always appreciate your contributions, Andy. We'll get to your text here in a moment. TJ Matthewson with you on the Beaver postgame Colin show, sponsored all season long by Sherwin-Williams. We mightily appreciate Sherwin-Williams' contribution to this call-in show and making it happen. Uh, you can text in or call in on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. The number is 541-497-5356. Again, 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio. So let's peek at the top 25 games next week. Uh, I see we have someone else called in as well. I'm glad that all of you uh, are here listening to the show. Always appreciate uh, calling in here on this program, uh, especially the fact that <laughs> uh, Garrett wasn't here the first uh, two weeks. Of the show was myself and Dale Hummel here in studio. It was quite late those first two evenings uh, I do not believe either of our two shows for the first two games of the season started before midnight I, I believe they both started right around 12 20 uh, we got on the air, air here about three hours before that so thank goodness for that all right some games next week as promised I'm just looking at top 25 games I don't know about other games I know Kansas is an option too the Kansas Jayhawks also 3 and0 after winning today against Houston we'll see what ESPN decides on uh, but I think it should be here in Corvallis so Utah and Arizona State play down in uh, Tempe uh, I don't think that will be an option judging that ASU uh, my Sun Devils my alma mater are trailing Eastern Michigan right now uh, I don't have the score on that one let's uh, check in on that really quick uh 17 14 well good job guys baylor and iowa state uh probably not clemson at wake forest that could definitely be an option that sounds like a good matchup in the acc a nine o'clock kickoff as well florida visits tennessee at 12 30 oregon visits washington state washington state another good win there today uh usc and oregon state as well so i think those are the options there so beeves trojans volunteers Gators, Ducks, Cougars, and then probably, uh, where's that last game? Clemson Tigers, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons. Those would be the options for next week. Just something to keep an eye on uh, while we go down the stretch. I believe they'll announce that tomorrow. So uh, we'll go to the phone lines now. Thanks for calling in. Tyler will go first here on the Downward Dog phone line. Tyler, good evening. 
Hello. I won't be as long as I usually am because I'm kind of in transit. I'm actually riding a MAX train at the moment. Um, so, let's see. First off, they did what they were supposed to do, and I'm happy about that. But uh, let's see. There's a couple of things that's kind of stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Uh, the first is, while the defense is still playing well, let's see. It seemed like uh, there were several plays where the uh, – they had trouble with the running quarterback again. Uh, as in, let's see, there were several times they had him like dead to rights, and they let him escape for like yeah. a huge game that ended up in a first down or something. And yes, I know he's elusive, but this is a recurring theme with us. Yeah. Well, I guess if we want to look at it in a slightly positive manner, there, Tyler, uh, they the Beavs did give up quite a, quite a few rushing yards on the day, five yards a carry. But the only yards they really did allow, then then again, these are the only uh, people that rushed. Is the 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 Montana State rushing attack was entirely their two quarterbacks, Chambers and Malott. So uh, I guess you can make it that way. But I agree. I, I didn't think the tackling was very good uh, on running plays today, and that'll be something they'll want to clean up. Right. Uh, the other thing is, in for the most part, I'm not going to count the return game in here because it was really good. But special teams have a lot to clean up. Um, let's see. There were two missed extra points, two kickoffs out of bounds, and of course they let it let one guy get loose for an 80-yard touchdown. That's stuff that you absolutely cannot have happen next week. Yeah, I. So I was kind of keeping a tally during the game. I'm like, okay, special teams is sort of one thing that could make an upset of an FCS over an FBS. You look at, you know, a couple of things. Okay, the two things that would really turn a game on its head, even if you're clearly better and more talented, is special teams and turnovers. And the Beavers did not turn the ball over, which is a big plus. But... um they did, you're right, allow a kickoff return, but then it sort of negated itself a little bit. Anthony Gould with an 80-yard kickoff return, and then they got some more chunks uh, in the return game as well and really covered uh, better after that. But, yeah, I, I would say they probably shouldn't allow that to happen to USC next week because if USC is scoring on kickoff returns and, uh, and punt returns, that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, somebody somebody made the comment once that, let's see, you should never lose a game because of your special teams, and you should win one or two because of them. Yeah, it's probably a pretty good assessment there. And well, thankfully for the Beavers today, the, the offense barely broke a sweat on the field while putting up nearly 70 points. So that wasn't something they overly yeah. had to worry about. So in the end, uh, I, don't, I think a net Yeah, I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to sound like a downer. I'm really happy with the win and stuff, but this is just stuff that really needs to be cleaned up before next week because we're taking a huge step up in competition. A massive step up. Might be the biggest test of the season for this Oregon State team. Definitely the best collection of offensive talent they will see all season. It should be a good one next week. Tyler, you got anything else? Okay. Uh, I just have one question. Do you have the uh, first down in yardage totals? Because I never heard them during the game. Like, and they didn't have them listed in the stadium. Total first downs? Yeah, for each team. And uh, for total yardage, I'm just curious. Total first downs, Beavers 32, Montana State 14. Total yards, Beavers 540, Montana State 269. All right. Let's see. I'll let you go. I know you got other calls to get to. And I got to drive home for two hours. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Tyler. Drive safe. All right, always good to hear from Tyler. Paul's on the line as well, but we'll get to Paul here in just a second. Andy texted in before the show even started. Again, always appreciate your contributions, Andy. From Mitchell, Oregon, tiny little Mitchell, Oregon. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever find myself, Andy, in Mitchell, Oregon, but I'll let you have all the fun there that you need. Uh, Andy texts in, Beavs did exactly what they needed to do tonight, as most fans stated after the first two games. There's much to improve to clean up, but good to see them take care of business. 3-0 for the first time since 2014. Deserves a moment of recognition. This program won three games in 17-18 combined. Let that sink in. Note to Coach Smith, we'll see if we can dra- grab Tommy Malott out of the transfer portal next year to replace Coletto. Mostly joking, he adds in parentheses. Hey, I, I would say Tommy Malott, again, running the ball, did look pretty good today. So that wouldn't be a terrible acquisition uh, in the transfer portal. Looking to next year, uh, next year, next week, SC's offense is terrifying. Will be important to get the running game going to keep them on the sideline. That's true. Feel like the offensive line's best football game, uh, best, the offensive line's best football is in front of them. 
Go Beavs from Tigertown Brewing. Andy and Mitchell, thank you, Andy, for texting in here on the University Honda text line. For all of you that want to contribute on the University Honda text line or call in here on the Beaver postgame call-in show, sponsored by Sherwin-Williams, the Downward Dog phone line open as well at 541-497-5356. We can go to Paul now on the Downward Dog phone line. Paul, good evening. Oh, good evening. Yeah, I'm watching the Arizona State game, and TJ, your Arizona State Sun Devils look pathetic. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking at some some tweets uh, at the yardage differences, and I think Eastern Michigan at one point was eight of nine on third down, and I, I just had to chuckle at that. That was uh, that was entertaining. Well, uh, while you were trying to look up the score, Eastern Washington scored again. It's twenty four to fourteen. Oh, well, that's good. Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Ray Anderson still is happy with his uh, with his decision with the coaching staff. Yeah, 12, 12 seconds to go in the half. <laughs> and uh, fourth, and one for, fourth and one for Arizona State, and half the stadium's empty already. Well, that was I think it was half empty when it started, Paul. Uh, on, a, on a Saturday night in Tempe for an 8 o'clock kickoff against a Mac school, I mean, I, I will confirm there's usually some better things to do than go watch uh, a perspective, I think, 5-7 and seven football team maybe. So I don't know <laughs> if not, if <laughs> no, not, if no, not, now they're don't leave at 12 seconds to go and they're on their own 22 yard line and they just have false starts. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's, it's going to be a tough season down there. I, I said it before the season started, they got the opening win against NAU, but lost last week, even though they played Oklahoma state close. And then, well, <laughs> now you can see this week too, but uh, if there's one thing, that we know under Herm, they really haven't been that consistent at all. Paul, what about uh, today's Beaver game? Oh, I loved it, man. It was, uh, it was excellent. Uh, <laughs> you know, if there was a few mistakes and stuff, you know, I mean, stuff that, that happens, but uh, you know, that's, that's to be expected. I mean, I sure, I sure hate the uh, unsportsman. Line. I mean, they gave uh, God Harrison an unsportsman like, it was almost like he did it because he, he did a throat cut, but he didn't do that. He ran his hand across his number. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I, all he did, and, and that, that should not have been a penalty. I believe it was Pac-12. I would assume it's Pac-12 officials up there at Providence Park today. Um, I know. I know it was. I recognize yeah. that. He's one of the worst referees there is. Well, that would make sense then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw noticed a couple of those. I didn't really notice exactly – yeah, I'm glad you picked up in a Paul because when I was watching the game, I I, I did not pick up uh, what caused those um, unsportsman likes, but it was good for you to to catch that. Yeah, besides a couple of those penalties, Paul, I really I I thought they did more than take care of business because taking care of business I usually qualify as uh, covering the spread, and they did that I think uh, over twice, twice, two and a half times. So I think I think that's a win. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, that, that's the most points I can ever remember Oregon State scoring. But hey, I got, a, I got another question for you. Yeah. I was watching the Notre Dame game today and I saw the worst Homer call that I've ever seen. Oh, I saw that. Yes, I saw that. They, I they, saw that. They the, called the offside on the, on the, on the missed field goal. Yeah, and not a single Cal Bear was offsides. Not a single one. The guy they called off. The guy they called offside was the stand-up guy outside the guy in the three-point stance, and he was behind the guy in the three-point stance. Yeah, I saw some. Uh, I Paul, I saw some jokes on on Twitter that that NBC called in directly down to the to the referees to <laughs> to blow the whistle to to <laughs> to improve the uh, to improve the stock of Notre Dame so they get more people to watch the game. That uh, that would be funny. Yeah, that was that was that was obscene. I mean. I think I think the NCAA, NCAA ought to do something about that. I think they ought to find they ought to find Notre Dame. They ought to find the official. They ought to not let him officiate anymore. Paul, you you've listened. To, I think you've listened to me enough. Now I've been here a little over a year now to 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 sort of share my not total disdain, but disagree disagreement in sort of accountability for referees and umpires across sports. So. Uh, I think that would be a, that would be a situation where uh, where that could come into play. Well, I, at least Oregon State is getting a little more uh, uh, recognition, and they're not they're not being the poor boys anymore and getting called for pass interference all the time. No, but uh, then again, I will give uh, the the Oregon State DV some credit. I thought they played well today. 
but uh, the Montana State passing offense was <laughs> a disaster. I, I, they, I could tell why they, they ran their quarterbacks mostly because the Tommy Mallott and, and Chambers really weren't, weren't doing much when they were dropping back to pass. Um, hey, you know, and another thing about the Arizona State game. Yeah. The start, starting quarterback for Eastern, uh, Eastern Michigan is out. Oh. Well, so out since the, the start of the game? <laughs> yeah, he got hurt. He got, I think he separated his shoulder. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, well, and, and Arizona State still looks <laughs> like looks awful. Well, that I I can't say I'm too shocked about that, Paul. Again, uh, a a noted trait of Herm Edwards' teams is being inconsistent, and that's exactly what they're doing. Got anything else? Uh, no, that'll do it. Hey, I'm up in Washington, but it's good to talk to you from here, man. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Take care of my home state for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking care of it, except I'm not going up 405 because I got it closed again this weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I saw some Husky fans complaining about it on Twitter, so I guess they, they just had to deal with it trying to get up to the Husky game today. Always appreciate it, Paul. Thanks for calling in on the Downward Dog phone line. Well, it's been a good start to the Beaver postgame call-in show so far. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm looking forward to some more calls and some more texts if you're driving down from Portland back here to the middle or southern part of Oregon and want to have your thoughts heard on the Beavs in the 68-28 win over Montana State. We'd love to hear it. 541-497-5356. Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. We're open as long as you guys want to call in and interact here on the Beaver postgame call-in show. We'll be back after this break on 1240 Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Fall fashions are here. You'll find a great selection of shirts, shoes, and even suits for those special events. We have it all. The Natty Dresser, from hats to shoes and everything in between. You'll find everything the well-dressed man needs by brands you trust. Our services include suit rentals, alterations, and custom made-to-measure shirts. The Natty Dresser, purveyor of quality menswear, now open Monday through Saturday in the heart of historic downtown Albany. Dress well, be confident, find success. Here on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show, for wherever you might be listening to, whether on the stream or here on Terrestrial Radio in the Mid Valley, happy to have you all with us here on 12:40 Joe Radio. T.J. Matthewson with you in studio. Garrett Dorschek helping out on the phone lines here on a, an earlier evening than it was uh, the first two Beaver Post Game Call-In Shows of the year. <laughs> we were in here for some late hours following Boise State and Fresno State, but here in the 68-28 win against Montana State, a lot earlier of a night, a nice early kickoff. Um, the kickoff next week is 6.30, so I'm going to guess our Colin Joel will start right around 11, 15, 11, 20 next week for the USC Trojans and the Oregon State Beavers. And I would imagine that one is going to be a very popular one, win or lose, uh, here on the Beaver postgame call-in show. Bob Keith texts in, game day won't come to a game that's on the Pac-12 network. Bob, I I don't believe that's true. They might be a little less inclined, but I don't think that's necessarily a cutoff. I believe they still do come, even if the game is on Pac-12 network. They've done that before. Uh, again, all the teams in the conference do have to play on the Pac-12 network, I believe, three times each. And for USC and Oregon State, two of the better teams in the conference, the reasoning is they want to just get some of those games out of the way early 
and ESPN and Fox. Let me rephrase. I'll rephrase that before we go to Dave on the downward dog phone line. ESPN and Fox, I believe, get the first picks, right? Because they have the big primetime slots. It might depend on the week, but normally they have the first picks. So they passed on this game, which I think if this game was taking place in November, could be a primetime Fox game in the middle of the day. It could be a 4.30 p.m. ESPN game, a 4 o'clock ESPN game. Uh, I'm not sure. But the teams do have to play on Pac-12 Network if they're in the conference. And Fox and ESPN, they they only get so many total selections, I think, per team. And they want to sort of save these selections for USC and Oregon State for later on in the season. If someone... Um, if someone uh, knows the exact rules to that, I, I do not. I'm, I'm not that well-versed in TV contracts. They're very complicated. <laughs> All contracts are very complicated. That's why I'm not an agent. I talk on the radio instead. It's just the, the, that ESPN and Fox want to save their selections for later on in the season, and that's why this early game is here on Pac-12 Network. 6.30 p.m. slot, so not too late. It's honestly a pretty nice evening game. It's just the fact if you're going to try and watch it from somewhere else, especially somewhere else that's not the West Coast, it might be a little trickier for you. So I would suggest go to your local watering hole. Uh, they'll have it on for you, and I think you'll have a fantastic time. I did that today. I was at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill, one of our fine sponsors here on 1240 Joe Radio, and it was fabulous. Saw the whole game start to finish. Had some good food and drinks as well. Uh, always good stuff there at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill. Of course, thanks to Sherwin-Williams, the sponsor of the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show. You can have your thoughts heard on the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line at 541 497 5356. Let's go to Dave up north. Dave, good evening. Well, hi, yes, uh, TJ. Are you there? I am here, Dave. Uh, uh, if uh, Tyler thinks a two hour drive is hard, he ought to try a three and a half hour drive from Corvallis to Tumwater sometime. So. If I had a two-hour drive after an Oregon State game, I'd think it was a it was like a commute to the uh, grocery store. So, Dave, let me raise you one. How about like, a drive from Corvallis to North Seattle during uh, sometimes during rush hour? Depends when I try. Uh, that's that's a tough one. And my son, when he drives down for some games, he'll he'll take the night shift and he'll drive uh, from Corvallis uh, all the way to Tacoma, and that's likely to be the case next week. So anyway, but to um, to the game itself, uh, it, it's nice that Oregon State can finally uh, exercise uh, some big sky demons. I mean, it's bad enough that, uh, that all too often we're not competitive, certainly on the road against Mountain West, but we've had a gruesome history in many respects against the big sky over the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, TJ, I don't want to come across as kind of one of these um, – Pampered fans, it feels like you know, we've got to win 10 games. We need to win big all the time. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Oregon State has, has, in the last 20 years has not paid, played proportionate to the stature of the program, the talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I um, mean, they've lost to Sacramento State. They lost to Eastern. The most harrowing moment in the last 20 years of Oregon State football was almost losing to Portland State which would have resulted in an 0-12 season. Uh, when, when the University of Washington went 0-12 in 2008, I, was, I, I thought I'd be eternally grateful because as bad as Oregon State had been at some points in its institutional history, it had never been 0-12. might have been 0-11, it might have been 1-11, but it had never been 0-12. So thankfully, we have a victory that's proportionate to the stature of the program, the talent on the field, and that's a good thing. I want to turn to the college. Yes, DJ. I was going to say yes, and the fact that you said exercising demons, you, in fact, uh, the the Beavers have exercised some demons in all three of the first games this season, at home, on the road, and then Big Sky. That's an excellent point, TJ. I completely agree. Uh, Yeah, enough said. I think you, you nailed that one. So as to the college game day thing, so I agree with the guy who texted it. Yes, you're right, teacher. It's known to happen where ESPN will bring, will bring game day to a venue where they are not 
showing the game. But those are exceedingly rare, usually very late in the season, and more often than not, the last game of a regular season or a conference championship game. They never do it this time of the year. So, And, it, and it's truly a shame mm-hmm. because it could have happened. I don't know if you heard my call with John and Mike um, yesterday because uh, John, because uh, I complained about this, the fact that. I, I think I was listening, con- yeah. I, I was here the, yesterday. The, I was down the hall. The conference had a chance to arrange this. My, uh, and John said, yes, Dave, but the, the TV networks get to choose. And I know that's the case. Uh, but that's not the excuse. There's a concept T.J. Noah's job boning. If the conference was doing its job right, it would lobby the networks to get that game out yep. at a 4 o'clock on either Fox or ABC. And in all of my time as an Oregon State fan, there's only one instance, and thank God, it was a, if there was to be one, they probably chose the right one. The 2000 season, even as good as Oregon State was in that epic Dennis, Dennis Erickson year, the commissioner of the Pac-10 conference at the time had to lobby the bowl people to get the, to get Oregon State into the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. That didn't just happen, TJ. The conference had to work the system. And that was the point I was trying to make with Mike and John. Yes, I know the TV networks make the choice, but the conference has to work the networks. The SEC works the networks. The Big Ten works the networks. The Pac-12 has this kind of manana, live and let live. And that is the problem with the conference. That's why SC is leaving. That's why we got a, we're, we're kind of on tender hooks whether the conference will survive. TJ, that was the point I was trying to make. Yes, I know the conferences make the pick, but the conference has to work the system, and they fail to, and for that reason, game day won't be in Corvallis on Saturday. Yeah, um, and, and I will say that it is good, I guess, that the conference does have a new commissioner, so there is at least a chance that George will – try and lobby some networks and I and George is also in the process of uh, of course negotiating the next TV deal so we can throw some numbers out uh, to the schools to keep the the what is left of the pac 10 uh, in two years together so we're gonna we're, we're gonna see I guess on of how that will uh, how that will work I would I would agree with you Dave I would say uh, I, I did say I think they should be here um, I, I would say if you know you're gonna you look at, at a Vegas sports book to see where it will be I would say it probably won't I will say it helps that on the other side you probably have one of the more now notable head coaches and notable brands in college football in Lincoln Riley and they haven't highlighted him yet on college game day this season and they're going to want a chance to do it and they might have some chances I don't have USC schedule pulled up but I would say this is going to be one of their more notable matchups of the season so that would be a, a good chance to to highlight the 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 Los Angeles market and Lincoln Riley but nonetheless I guess we'll have to wait to tomorrow to find out and it's, it's actually far more likely that, that, that Oregon that, – did you not say Oregon's playing at Pullman next week? They if are. They're going to do, if they're going to do a West Coast game, because the, the ESPN loves Pullman. They love the Ducks. That's a match made in heaven. Now, if I'm wrong about this and game day is in Corvallis, I will publicly eat crow on the Joe Beaver show. I don't know what form that will take, but I'll do it. But I have one last uh, hit that I want to make here. Go ahead. Uh, TJ, because if I'm not, if I, if I'm, if I, because of the way he looks and sounds as the guy, the guy who's doing the broadcast for Fox tonight, the Fresno SC, I think it's, I think it's Ian Eagles kid. I think it's Noah. Oh, it's Eagle. Noah. And if, and if, I, I, I might be wrong. Again, I, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. But the nepotism in modern-day broadcasting is getting to be a real stinky proposition. Like Chris Collinsworth, kid, doing Notre Dame games. What the heck has he ever done professionally to war? I mean, it was Mike Tirico that had that job before he moved up because uh, Michael's left Sunday Night Football. That stinks to high heaven the way these, the kids of these broadcasters are getting these plum assignments. So I'm really worked up tonight, which is unfortunate because I should feel happy about things because Oregon State uh, won and won uh, comfortably. But this is what makes sports talk radio fun, TJ. Thanks for hearing me out.
Thanks, Dave. Uh, it's almost like you plucked that thought. Before you go, Dave, I will say it's almost like you plucked that thought right out of my head. You, I, I don't think you know how many years uh, since I've, you know, sort of been growing up, went to school in this, uh, in this business, went to Cronkite, etc. And you pay closer attention to these things. And I'm, I'm not taking a shot at Jack, Jack Collinsworth or, or Noah Eagle. I think they're actually, uh, I think Noah especially is very good uh, at what he does. But I do agree on that part, and there's a there's a reason, I guess, uh, per se, Dave, that you know a 24 year old me is here, and 24 year old uh, Noah was the the voice of the Los Angeles Clippers. It just sometimes this business is not very fair, but uh, it is what it is. TJ, I I was so wrapped up in my own thought, I hadn't actually personalized it with vis a vis your own persona. But you're absolutely right. You're you're slugging it you're slugging it out in Corvallis, uh, twelve forty kilocycle station. It's patently unfair. Uh, you'll do well in the long run, but it, but it stinks to high heaven that these uh, kids are broadcasters. I mean, they're already making tens of millions of dollars, and now they got to they got to uh, pave the way for their kids as well. It just stinks, and I'm I'm just pulling for guys like you and other young guys in the profession. I hope it turns out well, but it's a, it's a, it's a shame. And uh, anyway, I've had my piece. Good luck to you. Thanks for taking the call. All right. Thanks, Dave. Always appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dive too much into that because I'm not, I, I don't want to take uh, shots at anybody. And, and I think a lot of people in this business still, even uh, nepotism aside, are, are very good at what they do. It just really is. Sometimes it, life is just not fair sometimes is what I've, you know, what to, I've come to realize this business and every other business is that no matter what you do, I mean, so there's only so much uh, that you can control and the rest of it is up to someone else to make a decision to like you, hire you, etc. Something like that. And the same thing goes in coaching. Well, I mean, you could ask Jonathan Smith about how he ended up, you know, becoming head coach of Oregon State. It might be a similar situation. I mean, sure, he was the quarterback of Oregon State, but someone had to take a chance of Jonathan as a graduate assistant and then hire him on full-time as, a, as an assistant coach. And then Chris Peterson had to hire him at Boise. And then Chris Peterson had to bring him to Washington as well and like him enough. And then Oregon State had to believe in Jonathan as well to bring him back as a head coach. It, you can make that comparison to every industry. And as it is frustrating for a lot of us on the outside looking in and things we cannot control, uh, that's just how life is. I appreciate Dave bringing it up. I've definitely had that thought many times, but life is what it is, unfortunately. And you know what? I appreciate all you guys for still listening in here in Corvallis on the Beaver postgame Colin show brought to you by Sherwin Williams. Always appreciate Sherwin Williams for sponsoring this postgame Colin show. I like the beeves tonight. Uh, we could have a few texts, but we could take another break. We got a couple of breaks to take uh, here in this program. If you want to get on the action, 541 497 5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. It's not that late. I'd love to hear from you. The text line or the phone line, 541 497 5356. It'll be a good night. I hope to have you on here after this break. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Bish's RV is all about school spirit. There's just one small problem. We can't use the school names or the mascots. We thought bleeping would work, but go and go might not send the right message. But no matter what, Bish's will be there for every pregame, tailgate, postgame, after party, and everything in between. So here's to another epic season for the green and yellow and the black and orange Bish's RV, where memories begin. The Inkwell wants to help make your life a little better. Relax in a comfy, stressless recliner or pamper yourself with luxurious bath and body items. The Inkwell has kitchenware to help you eat healthier and journals to make you more mindful. The Inkwell has been an Oregon shopping destination for over 50 years. Stop by and explore what's new. The Inkwell on 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Always something different, always something good. The outside to the left. And Johnson, touchdown, Beavers! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. 
Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Dave from Tumwater said, slugging it away here on the Beaver postgame call-in show here in Corvallis, 1240 Joe Radio, KEJOAM.com, wherever you might be listening to. Send us a text here on the on the Beaver postgame call-in show, brought to you by Sherwin-Williams. Where are you listening from? I'd love to hear from you here on a late evening in the Mid-Willamette Valley. The phone lines are open, both of them, 541-497-5356, or if you want to text in, on the University Honda text line at that same number, 497-5356. We got some texts to get to. Mike in Seattle saying t- the stream is sounding good. Uh, he did say grew, so I assume that means great, Mike, um, if you want to follow up and, and correct yourself. Or if I guessed correct, you don't have to say anything as well. Um, that would work. Uh, 541 number text in says, Kind of a weird spot now. I want USC to win, but not by a bunch over Fresno State. I would say probably yes, again, for the sake of game day. Uh, USC only up 11 uh, over Fresno State. That game ticking towards uh, halftime down there at the Coliseum. 541 number, a different 541 number texts in. We'll see if we get a name with this one. Do, 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 I believe. Oh, it's Mark. Mark texting in here. Um, once again, defended poorly against a mobile quarterback. Yes. Place kicking stunk. Yes. At least the offense showed up. Yeah. I think chance Nolan, if he wanted to, could have thrown for like 600 yards today. (laughs) I think he could have, the Beavers took their foot off the gas late in the game. Um, and you know, chance, as you noticed, whenever he was back to pass, Garrett and I were talking about this before the show started every time chance dropped back to pass. No pressure, no, no, none, not a, not a sniff of pressure on Chance Nolan. Sets his feet, dun, 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 dun. throw. Usually the throw is right on the money. He was very accurate tonight, I thought. Uh, the final stats for Chance, I had the stats pulled up. I had Twitter pulled up, but uh, nothing uh, too interesting coming up on Twitter uh, besides sort of uh, uh, my people from ASU I follow lamenting that ASU is now down 24-14 at half at home against Eastern Michigan. Uh not great. <laughs> Chance Nolan, 19 of 25, 276, four touchdowns, completed 76% of his passes, a 221 and a half passer rating. Efficient. And it looked like that stat line looks like a guy who hasn't, uh, didn't have any pressure under him. He was accurate. And the receivers, the receivers too, it, it did very much stand out despite Montana State being ranked as the number four FCS team that the receivers were just cooking those, the Montana state defensive backs, Anthony Gould, Tyjon Lindsay, Treshawn Harrison. I mean, the trio of them really um, just, uh, they were, they were on target. Treshawn Harrison, eight catches, 133 yards, a touchdown. Anthony Gould, five catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Tyjon Lindsay, just a catch for 26 yards. Uh, How many, 10 different receivers caught a pass today, which I thought was good to see. And again, the, 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 the difference in athlete was notable. And I think if the Beavers only passed in this game, I think they would have scored just as many points, if not more. That's how good Chance Nolan and company was tonight. Susie texts in, enjoyed my call of the Corvallis confrontation. Thank you, Susie. That was a phenomenal game last night. Crescent Valley taking down Corvallis 32-27 up at Crescent Valley High School. A really crazy back-and-forth affair. That one definitely lived up to the billing better than the first edition of that I got last year, uh, a 40-15 to Corvallis blowout up there at CV. But this past year, a much more competitive game between the two Corvallis rivals here in Corvallis, Oregon. Mike in Seattle follows up. Great. Not happy the Huskies are looking great. Yeah, Mike, how about those Huskies? Man. I, I've made it clear, I guess, in my time here at Joe Radio, that even though I grew up about two and a half miles, I would say, from Husky Stadium up there in Seattle, I was never a Husky fan. Ne- never once been to a game. I still have never been in Husky Stadium, believe it or not. I mean, even with, I've been to T-Mobile Park. I can't even account how many times I've been to Lumen Field at, at almost as many times as well. But I've never been to Husky Stadium. I've never, I, I've been to Husky Ballpark for baseball. I've never been inside the football stadium. But... Those Huskies, they, they looked good today. They walloped Michigan State 
39-28. The score was it, it, that it's not it was not that close. Huskies didn't close it out very well. Washington uh, looked very good today. Kalen DeBoer, the the just the night and day difference. Kalen DeBoer uh, from uh, Jimmy Lake to Kalen DeBoer, it is just astronomical. Crazy to see the Huskies should be ranked next week. Michael Penix, transfer quarterback from Indiana, had a really good day as well. 24-40, four touchdowns. And that Husky offense is just 10 million miles away from that John Donovan-led offense that much of us saw last year watching on television. We have no callers and no texts. Uh, We got one more break to take, but I'm going to offer this up as the last chance to get in on the action here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame. Call-in show, 541-497-5356. Were you at the game? How was the experience? How was the commute? If you're driving back, let me know what you thought. Beavs nearly score 70 points, 68-28, improved to 3-0 for the first time since 2014. Uh, we'll be on the air just a little bit longer in case calls demand it. We'll be here for you, 541-497-5356. Let me know your thoughts about the game, the environment. Providence Park looked good. The camera angle was a little low, but overall it seemed like the environment was very fun. It was full of Beaver fans. And it seemed like everyone had a very good time up there at Providence Park. Beavers win by 40. They covered. Good teams win. Great teams cover. The Beavers looked great tonight. 68-28. We got one final break here on the Sherwin-Williams postgame call-in show. Have your thoughts heard one final segment after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey, Beaver Nation. This is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. Our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service and great savings. You don't have to buy a car from us. We just want the opportunity. We're confident that you give us one, you'll want to do business with us. We also have multiple master technicians for all of our brands with the expertise to tackle any issue your vehicle may have, from huge diesel trucks to all electric vehicles. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for free gas Fridays and to win Beavers tickets. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on San Am Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. Are you currently a financial advisor? Are you looking to make a change? PacWest Wealth Partners, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial, is looking for you. If you have the right mindset, uphold fiduciary standards, want to be independent, and always do what is in the best interest of your client, send a confidential email at pacwestwealthpartners.com or call Keith at 530-945-9641. PacWest Wealth Partners, with offices in Albany, Bend, Salem, and Corvallis. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Wrapping it up here on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. Beavs make it look easy tonight against the Montana State Bobcats, 68-28. Up at Providence Park in Portland. DJ Matthewson with you here in studio. Garrett Dworczyk helping out man the phone lines. Last segment here, so if you want to jump in and get your voice heard here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver Post Game Call-In Show, the number to call. On the Downward Dog phone line is 541-497-5356. Or you can text in, too, if you're too shy. I promise I don't bite. But if you want to just text in instead, plenty of textures have texted in already. 541-497-5356, the University Honda text line. Man, uh, what a great, a good win for the Beavs. Again, like we, we saw the line come out at two touchdowns. The, the, the Vegas then... With the amount of money going on Oregon State, move the line to 17, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, the 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 public in Vegas liking the Beavs, and they did, and the, the Beavs backed them up. 40 point win. I if you told me the Beavs would have won by one by 40, today would have been like, well, I think 28. I think they would have won by 28 points, right? That would have been a a more a, a comfortable win. They they win by 28. Over, you know, a top FCS team, the Beavers, you know, not among the they're playing well this season They They have a very good roster, but not really among the upper echelon of college football. I don't think that's a hot take. 
but to go out there and put 68 points up on the team that was the runner-up in the FCS level, uh, I think is mighty impressive. Despite, even with their losses to the NFL and their injuries, that's still impressive. Dominated on the line of scrimmage, and really, if the only thing you can complain about was not tackling a scrambling quarterback and penalties, I think you made out with a pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good evening up there at Providence Park. Because I'll tell you, a lot of teams have trouble tackling a running quarterback. A lot of them do. That's why running quarterbacks are so valuable. Merrill Texan, nice to hear from you, Merrill. Haven't had three playmaking receivers like Gould, Bolden, and Harrison in many years. Defense allowed one touchdown on the opening drive, two interceptions in the first half, kick return. That's it. Then played not to allow a big play in the second half. That's spot on right there. And you could tell just looking at those first half numbers, it's like, huh, it seemed like Montana State had a lot more. I think the number was about 83 yards, about right. So it was about 83 yards total in the first half. And and you're like, no, they, they had more than that. No, it was most of those yards came on the opening drive and then another touchdown on a kickoff. That was it. And then the Beavers versus the, and then Montana State for some reason started trying to pass the ball. I <laughs> I don't know why they did because it didn't work out very well. Uh, Jaden Grant got an interception. Ryan Cooper got an interception. Uh, that was uh, that was cool to see. Other things from Merrill Providence Park was fun and Timber Joey was present. I've never been to a Timbers game. Is Timber Joey a super fan or a mascot? It's mascot. Okay. Garrett filling in on that one. Appreciate that, Garrett. Um, I've only been to like one Sounders game too. Again, I just soccer, not really my thing. I will watch the world cup though, here in about, uh, about two months from now. That'll be cool. Uh, Merrill follows up worried about Hayes at kicker because of injury. He's for sure hurt, not following through on his kicks and kicking is all about your mechanics. So not following through good to pick up on that. Merrill I wasn't paying that close attention to that. Hadn't kicked off the whole season. That would also make sense. That's an issue going forward. Good teams need a good kicker. Yep. And Everett Hayes, you know, won the Beavers a game last year, beating Washington State on a walk-off field goal. And, of course, nailed that kick at Colorado as well to force that to overtime. Those are two instances where, you know, a, a kicker is directly making an impact on the game when you need him the most. And as Merrill pointed out, if your kicker's not healthy, that, that's really a detriment to your team. Might have, might have to ask Jonathan about that on Monday. We'll see if anyone – I'm not there for the presser. Maybe Mike or John, if you're listening right now, uh, write that down and ask that to Jonathan on Monday. That'll be good. Thanks for that text, Merrill. Always good to hear from you. Mike in Seattle, another text. Huskies, Cougars, Ducks, Utah, USC, UCLA, Stanford. Where do the Beavers rank between those schools? Seventh in the Pac-12, Mike? I don't know. I would assume the Beavers are – would be ranked higher than Stanford. No. Are we talking markets, football skill? Let me know on the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. If I'm going to rank them, I would put them probably on par with the Cougs so far, maybe a slight bit behind Oregon and Washington, pretty much due to recruiting rankings, almost entirely due to recruiting rankings. That's just a, an objective fact. I would put them over UCLA. I don't think UCLA has looked good at all. I think the Beavers would beat UCLA if they played them today. Well, they would probably have trouble tackling DTR, um, <laughs> as all of you would probably agree. But otherwise, I would put Oregon State above UCLA. UCLA beat uh, South Alabama today by one point, and I'd put them behind USC and Utah as well. No, and that doesn't mean the Beavers can't beat USC next week. But if you're just going to put them out there on a field, that say probably USC is a better football team on paper than Oregon State is. Mike, if you want to follow up with that, what am I ranking them as? Just uh, overall power rankings? Am I ranking them uh, where they rank in the conference, where they should be ranked in the poll? Uh, let me know. Uh, we only got a few minutes here left, so let me know as soon as possible. Andy, following up, SC pulling away from Fresno. Can't wait for next week. Just like Highland Bowl, they set them up, we'll knock them down. Go Beavs. Oh, I like that, Andy. Nice. Ni I like that liner. Might have to work that into their next commercial. We'll see. Uh, maybe if anyone from Highland Bowl is listening, they can jot that down and uh, follow up with their, uh, for, their, for their next commercial. That's good. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. Hope Tiger Town Brewing is taking care of you all. I think you're at a wedding this weekend. I think you mentioned that, um, if I remember correctly. One of those two things, I believe. Thanks, Andy, for the text. Mike in Seattle said head-to-head uh, -head games overall. So just like head-to-head, -head, yeah. So I guess that's essentially what I did. So behind the Huskies, Ducks, Utah, USC, beating Stanford and, 
and UCLA, probably about even with the Cougs. I'm not really sure how good Stanford is this season. Um, I guess we'll have to see them a little bit more in conference play. They lost last week uh, to USC. 949 number text, or that's Tyler. Nice to see you, Tyler. I didn't recognize your phone number. I think Merrill has good points, but let's not be negative and happy for 3-0. and uh, I'm happy. Go Bees. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, I do think, Tyler, though, Merrill has some very good points, and it's I wouldn't even say it's overly negative uh, in that. Um, and other, really nothing here that Merrill said was really wrong, per se, if you don't have a kicker, let's say you take a uh, kicker off an NFL team, right? Uh, they obviously, you can't do this in college, but you're going to go sign one off the street immediately because you can't have a hurt kicker. And if you had someone on your roster who you don't think you were confident in to make kicks, then, you know, he's off your roster. And we saw the Colts this last week. They had their kicker all through Cap Rodrigo Blankenship, and they cut him after week one. Week one. I mean, the amount of leeway kickers get is like zero because it is so important that you have that guy that you can trust there late in games. And if you have a, a kicker hurt, I think it is right mind to be worried because in college, how many kickers do you really trust on your roster? One, usually you of course have some depth. You have the punter, you have the backup kicker, but you know, I, I was watching camp, right? I was there in fall camp and I, I'm not so sure the, the, the Beaver coaches would, would trust every other kicker they had the way they would trust Everett Hayes after what we saw with him last year. I don't think that's, that's a bad argument because if the Oregon State needs a game-winning field goal against USC next week, down two in the fourth quarter, and Everett can't come out and boot a 45-yarder, well, again, you can't act like Russell Wilson and say, hey, we're going for, for the, other, the Seahawks 46-yard line because we trust Brandon McManus to make a 64-yarder. No, you're like, well, no, we actually have to go all the way down the field and score. There's a big difference there. You're talking about the difference between 30 yards and 70 yards into the end zone. So, you know, that, that, that is, uh, that's my, my rant on kickers. Uh, college kickers, though, always very entertaining. Uh, well, hope, I, I'm, I'm not sure if they'll give us what an injury is or say that Hayes is hurt. I hope someone will ask about it on Monday if they're listening. Uh, I won't be there to ask. Uh, I will be sitting right in this chair uh, when the Joe Beaver Show is live Monday, 11 o'clock. Uh, okay. I think that's all we got for tonight. Our call-in show next week, uh, as I would guess, I think we'll be on the air right around 11.15-ish with a 6.30 kickoff on Pac-12 Network against the USC Trojans. We don't have a line for that game yet. Uh, I can go peek really quick, but I don't think there's a line out for that game. I my, my guess with USC on the road next week, let's see, week four, uh, I don't see a line out yet. I was going to say nine and a half USC. I think that's uh, that's that would be my guess. I would be I, honestly kind of surprised if it was higher or lower than that, but we'll see what Vegas comes out at, and I'll, I'll give myself a brownie point if I'm correct on that point uh, to see what the line is next week. We'll be on the air with the tailgate show next week at 2.30. Uh, John and Doug will be out there in the Beaver store. I'll be sitting back here in studio, and then we'll be on the air here for the Beaver postgame call-in show about an hour after the conclusion of the game following the network postgame show. Should be a good one, and who knows the next time USC will come here to Corvallis. This might be the last time ever the Trojans come here to Corvallis. You're going to want to get your tickets to the game, and you want to tune into our coverage all day long here on 1240 Joe Radio. It should be phenomenal. Lincoln Riley's Pac-12 debut next week at 630 here in the Willamette Valley. For Garrett Dworshek, I'm TJ Mathewson. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show brought to you by Sherwin-Williams. We'll talk to you next week here on 1240 Joe Radio.